Hi there, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Pooja. And together and we are... DNS Law. So today we thought we'd focus on the topic of the month, which is the changes that are currently being made to the temporary work visa category. This affects quite a few different people, so we thought we'd start off this podcast with those changes that affect employers, what it means, what's changing, so on and so forth. Effectively, this is going to affect six different visa categories as they currently stand, which are essential skills work visa, essential skills work visas approved in principle, talent accredited employer work visas, long-term skill shortage list work visas, silver firm job search visa, and silver firm practical experience visa. So all of those visas are getting scrapped and replaced by one generic employer-supported work visa. Um, And the new name for it is accredited employer work visa, or AEWV, as you may see it referred to on the internet. Uh, It is important to note, though, some things that aren't changing are the post-study work visa, partnership-based work visas, and a couple of others. Uh, There's more about that on our website. So from the 30th of June 2021, no new applications or renewing applications for an employer to become an accredited employer under the existing policies or labour hire accreditation or approved in principle, all of those are frozen from the 30th of June. You can't make a new application. Yes, that's right. However, if you already have accreditation status or labour hire accreditation, approval in principle, all of that kind of thing, your employees can still apply for those type of visas until the 31st of October 2021. So until that date, so 31st of October, they can still apply for essential skills work visas, talent visa, long-term skill shortage, etc. And then on the 1st of November is when the new category, the Accredited Employer Work Visa, is getting rolled out. So from that date onwards, if you want to apply for any new work visas, you need to be an accredited employer. Yeah, any new work visa that's tied to an employer, a yeah. specific employer. Yeah. yeah, and INZ are rolling out this accreditation platform late September. They haven't given us a date as yet. However, from late September, you'll be able to apply for this accreditation in preparation for the 1st of November start date. Questions remain about capacity of Immigration New Zealand to actually process all of these within what is going to be effectively about four or five weeks for every single employer in the entire country. But, you know, yeah. so... There may be some slippage. Yeah, and there is likely, given how things have gone in the past, there to be delays. So we always advise this, but really apply well in advance where possible. Um, And don't leave it until late September or November to do all of this work. Yeah, because I mean, if you're considering hiring a migrant at this moment in time, you'd be better to apply now under the existing policy, which wouldn't require you to have accreditation if it was an essential skills work visa, uh, for instance. So if you're thinking of it, do it now rather than wait till the accreditation comes in, because the concern would be that you would have to wait for your accreditation to have gone through and then for INZ to process the visa application afterwards. So if you're in a position to apply now, do it. So what's going to change and what the new process is, is it's a three-step process. So first, you've got the employer accreditation side of things. Second is what's called the job check. And third is the migrant check. So the first accreditation process, there are different levels of accreditation depending on how many migrants you're going to hire, as well as how your business operates. 
So we'll start off with standard accreditation. Essentially, standard accreditation is for those who are hiring five or fewer migrants at any given time who are going to be on employer-based visas. So it doesn't matter if you've got four migrants on open partnership-based visas and then you're going to hire two more. You don't need to apply for the high-volume accreditation. This only applies for employers wanting to hire up to five migrants on accredited employer work visas at any given point. So for standard accreditation, uh, essentially you've got to certify that you know what the immigration laws are, what the policies are, that if the labor market check needs to be done in the next step, that you will do so, so on and so forth. To be honest, uh, we've heard things that it won't take too long, that it's kind of just a tick box exercise and it will take about 15 minutes or so, depending on who you are. And then INZ will run off and do all of their checks, which will include the Labour Inspectorate, checking their, their own stand down and blacklists, checking to see whether you've had any previous issues with Immigration New Zealand or the Labour Inspectorate, which to be honest, they do all of that now anyway. One wonders why bother? But, you know, we are where we are. And I think that's for another podcast where we can have a rant about the actual the point of the entire policy. And, oh, and, yeah. yeah. Let us know if you want to hear that because we'd yeah. be more than happy to make it. Yeah. The other type of accreditation is the high volume accreditation. So that's for employers want to hire six or more migrants, again, on employer specific work visas at any one time. You know, what is that time frame? I don't know. I mean, is it in any given 12-month period or is it for the period of your accreditation? I would imagine it will be linked to the period of accreditation, which in the first instance for everybody will be 12 months. And thereafter, you can either apply for renewal and get it for 24 months or 12 months, again, depending on the type of employer you are, which we'll, we'll come to in a minute. So employers who are the high volume accreditation employers will need to ensure all jobs either meet a minimum pay requirement of 10% above minimum wage or are covered by a collective agreement. It could also be that by six, they mean that right now, if you have six, you'll need to do it. And then tomorrow, if someone quits and you want to hire someone else to cover their role, then you end up with six. It's not clear, as Stuart previously mentioned. But there are also different requirements for those who are franchisees and employers wanting to place migrants with third parties. So these are often called triangular agreements. So that's what we're going to be calling them here. So starting off with franchisees. So they will need to show that they've been operating for 12 months or more and they have a history of hiring New Zealanders. Again, what it means to have a history of hiring New Zealanders isn't clear and it hasn't yet been defined. Does it mean that you have to have hired one New Zealander in the period of your accreditation? Does it mean that five years ago you had four New Zealanders working for you and therefore you meet that? Does it mean you've got to have a certain percentage of New Zealanders? There is no real clear direction on that at this point. We're unsure whether this is going to be in the instructions or whether it's going to be something that Immigration New Zealand just applies like they previously have been for things like employers having knowledge, employers being compliant, so on and so forth. Yeah, and the other one is this triangular employment. So in those situations, there are further requirements. You know, in addition to not being on the stand-down list and declared to have no immigration-related issues, employers must also have a good systems to monitor employment safety conditions on site. They must also have a history of contracting labour for 12 months and show that at least 15% of the workers being placed with the third parties are New Zealanders working at least 30 hours a week. Previously, 
it was a bit of a grey area and it was really the, the labour hire company or the con- the subcontractor that was uh, the immigration was looking at, but now they're going to be peering behind the curtain, effectively. What this means in practicality could be that you have to have both proactive and reactive actions, is what Immigration New Zealand is saying, to make sure that these labour hire companies are monitoring the employment and safety conditions. So this includes things like checking of the work conditions before the migrant is placed, ensuring that the migrant and the employer have a clear understanding of visa conditions, employment laws, health and safety obligations, uh, potentially monitoring ongoing work conditions of these workers. could also be investigating and potentially addressing any employment and safety issues that these placed migrants bring up. But it's not limited to that and really could have a much larger scope. That's the accreditation, effectively, in a, in a nutshell. So, as Pritchard was saying at the outset, there's three stages to these visa applications in the future. So, the first is, if you want to hire a migrant, then you must be accredited. And the accreditation will be whatever the accreditation level that is that applies to you. You get an initial 12-month accreditation, assuming you're being accredited. And then thereafter, you can apply for a renewal and you'll get 24 months unless you're a franchisee or this third party employment situation. In those situations, you'll only get a 12 month renewal. So you'll need to renew every year. So in terms of standard, everyone meets accreditation requirements and what this really means in terms of Practicalities, essentially, you must be a genuinely operating business. So uh, you must be registered as an employer with IRD, must hold a New Zealand business number. Some employers may need to provide further evidence to show that they have a sound financial position. This can include tax returns, profit and loss statements, financials for the last couple of years. But it must mean that the business must be profitable or they must have a positive cash flow or they must have sufficient capital or all else fails, that there must be a plan to ensure that the business does remain viable and ongoing. The second thing is that uh, employers must not have a recent history of non-compliance. Again, already a requirement, nothing new there. And finally, uh, this is kind of the new one they've added. Employers must take steps to minimize the risk of exploitation. Uh, This includes things like making sure that migrant workers are paid to complete the online employment rights module, paying all recruitment costs in New Zealand or outside of New Zealand, paying for advertising, agency fees, potentially immigration fees, health and safety equipment, all of that kind of thing. I mean, my thing here is that I'm not sure why it says that they must take steps to minimize exploitation. I would start off with don't exploit. I feel like that's a good starting point. However, this is what immigration have said and um, the requirements that kind of must be met to show that employees are working to minimise exploitation in the industry. They must also just provide their migrant workers with general information like IRD numbers, work-related settlement information, so on and so forth. So quite a lot of practical implications for employers. Again, not sure how immigration is actually going to check these, whether employers must send in copies of their documentation whether they're just going to randomly call and ask you as to what you've done. But hopefully that will all be a bit clearer as the policy rolls out. Indeed. So the next step, as far as employers are concerned, is the job check. So you've got your accreditation, it's in the bag, 
and then you need to move to the job check when you're actually looking to recruit somebody. So the role that you're offering will be checked to ensure that the pay meets the market rate, the terms and conditions are compliant with employment laws, and a labour market test has been completed if needs be. So with an essential skills work visa, everybody will be aware that you always had to do a labour market test, and that applied regardless but sometimes that labour market test included getting information from WINS, depending on the skill level. But now this labour market test is going to apply to all of these type of employer visas. But the labour market test does not need to be completed if the job pays twice the medium wage or if it's in a city and that city has a skill shortage list and the job is on it and the job that you're being offered pays at or above the medium wage, then again, you don't need to do the labour market test. It also includes jobs paying at or above median wage in regions. They don't need to do the labour market test. And like Stuart mentioned before, for those paying below the median wage, we're back at going to Ministry of Social Development and checking to see if there are New Zealanders who are trained and qualified to do the role. So not much is really changing. Uh, Still the labour market test, uh, still have to go to MSD. Again, if you missed any of this, listen to us again. Or it's on our website, dslaw.nz, under the news section. Basically, to recap for an employer, you're going to be required to do accreditation if you want to employ somebody. And then whether a labour market test is required will really depend on the nature of the job and where it is and what the rate of pay is. And there are going to be additional requirements for you when it comes to assisting your employees with providing them with information and access to information but exactly how that's going to roll out is still yet to be fully realized and the last part of this three-step process is the migrant worker check that isn't too relevant to this particular podcast but we'll just go into it very briefly essentially the migrant worker must show that they can meet INZ's character identity and health requirements and they must also show that they have the skills and the experience to do the role that you're hiring them for Uh, And again, that kind of remains pretty much the same as it currently is for most employer-based work visas. But that does really bring us to the end of our podcast today. If you've got any questions, flick us an email at uh, puja at dslaw.nz or stuart at dslaw.nz. Go online, get in touch with us that way, give us a buzz. Otherwise, we'll see you at our next podcast. Thank you.